0: morning church. Good morning to those of you watching online today on this Epiphany Sunday, uh, the day the church celebrates uh, the coming of the wise men, uh, the first Gentiles to uh, visit the Christ child. Uh, We're just glad that all of you are here today. Uh, Today is our annual State of the Church message and uh, we want to give you just an honest appraisal of 2018, and then where we uh, hope to go by in 2019, where we think God may be leading us. At the end of my message, I'm going to encourage you to uh, sign the Six Habit card. Uh, If you did not get one when you came in uh, later on, you can raise your hand, and usher will make sure that you you get one. Now, if you're a guest here today, let me apologize uh, right up front. Uh, This message may seem irrelevant to you. But on the positive side, if you are considering making this your church home, you may actually learn some things today about Anderson Hills that will help you to make that decision. But I just want to start off by saying that 2018 was a great year for us, a year of momentum and a lot of growth for our church. And we want to see that grow exponentially in 2019, So what were our hits? What were the the good things uh, last year? Well, uh, we had 67 uh, first-time professions of faith. 67 persons who surrendered their life to Christ and made a decision uh, to follow Him. Folks, that's what we're all about. That is the mission of this church. And we had 42 baptisms. Uh, 14 of those uh, were adults, which is always fun and and exciting, and 28 of those were were babies. Now, that first number, the adult baptisms, that's driven by evangelism. Uh, The second number of baby baptisms, that really depends more upon you folks. So be fruitful and multiply, right? We don't have any control over that. That's up to you. Choir, anybody? (laughs) All right. Maybe one or two back there. Our weekly worship attendance increased from 904 to 940. So that put us in the top 200 United Methodist churches in the U.S. And most of our growth is coming from some of our new and innovative ministries. Uh, one of those is the Glen Retirement Community, a brand new facility uh, out in Union Township, uh, which now has a monthly worship and, and a weekly life group of about 20 people. So that's exciting. And, uh, and, and also it's coming from our fresh expressions. Uh, we have three uh, so far, Little Miami Brewing, uh, Rheingeist, and our Birch Church. And Jonathan Coleman is leading our fresh expressions, and, and what a great job that Jonathan is doing. You see, rather than trying to always get people to come to our campus, Jonathan is, is taking the gospel out to our community. Uh, John Wesley did the very same thing in, in his day by leaving the church building and, and going out to the coal mines and, and to the marketplaces where people were and, and preaching the gospel. Um. Also, new in 2019 or 18 was our Sunday night healing and prayer services. It started off with just a few people uh, gathering after our healing ministry training, and is growing now into a weekly uh, Sunday night time of prayer. And it's really exciting, I think, uh, to see our prayer ministries growing. We also started last year a divorce care support group that's been going very well. And we've done a lot of updating to our technology, especially in Fellowship Hall. Uh, plus, this year, we were able to add live streaming. Uh, Chris Carper, one of our um, members and a, and a technology wizard, has been huge in helping us getting this project uh, going. And it allows people who are homebound or traveling or, or whatever reason, keeps them from Uh, from being here uh, to watch our worship services uh, via online streaming. Now, how wonderful to be able to watch um, our worship services in bed. (laughs) In your pajamas. With your breakfast. I mean, how much better does that get? (laughs) And we average some 65 uh, views every Sunday. Uh, We had our second uh, children's art camp, and that's just been a huge hit. But some of our older ministries are are still bearing a lot of fruit. Uh, Vacation Bible School is still one of the most effective ways to reach children with the gospel. And eight years ago, we made the decision to move it off of our campus and and to have it at Mount Washington Elementary School, with which we have a, a wonderful partnership and offer it to the whole Mount Washington community. The first year we had 30 kids, and this past summer we had 150. And seven of those kids made first-time professions of faith. We also had a, our women's retreat this fall, off-site, big success. Some 57 women attended General Butler State Park for two days, and, and they're already planning for another one uh, next fall. Uh, Another older ministry that is still bearing a lot of fruit is our Disciple Bible Study. Uh, Since it started in 1987, we've had some 300 people who have participated. Right now, this year, we have five classes with some 61 uh, students. Every year, every year when we do Disciple, we hear stories back of people's lives being changed as they encounter God uh, in the Scriptures. We also find the same true with our walk to Emmaus and then the student version of, uh, called Chrysalis. We've had over 100 people who have gone on this three-day retreat and now several of our members are leaders and, and many of our members volunteer for these weekend retreats. One of our oldest ministries is our annual rummage sale. I mean, it's been around so long that, uh, that I think Noah was involved with it. I mean, nobody remembers when it got its start. And this past year, we had the biggest sale ever. And all the proceeds, 100%, uh, goes to our missions and outreach programs. Our student ministry continues to make a huge impact on Sunday mornings and and the herd and mob and, and Appalachian Service Project and the crossings. And this year, they're planning a mission trip to Mexico. We have some 30 kids, 39th graders who are enrolled in confirmation. And next Sunday, the 11 o'clock service in the Fellowship Hall, these, these 30 are going to be confirmed and become full members of Anderson Hills. We had some 700 people last year involved in our small group ministry. 700 people. I mean, that's almost as, as much as we have in worship. And, and folks, most churches, that's unheard of. That's an amazing number. And, and the number of people who are serving in ministry continues to grow every year as well. And of course, one of the things that warms my heart is that this year we finished in the black financially. <laughs> I mean, like every November, I start sweating bullets, wondering whether we're going to make our budget or not. But every year, we, uh, we make it sometimes just by the skin of our teeth. But it's because of your generosity that, uh, that we finished in the black. And then uh, finally, I, I'm so excited about how well our, our staff is operating as a team. I mean, I, I love these people. Every morning, it's so much fun to get up and, and be able to share life and, and work with these folks. We have two new additions, uh, Dana Caldwell in our children's ministry and, and Pastor Jonathan Coleman. And, and then Sharon Gard has simply uh, switched job titles. Uh, she has, is now called the Director of Curriculum Development. And, and that's just a wonderful staff, and we are just blessed with so many committed people who are trying to make a difference in in our community. So what about misses last year? Well, the only one that really concerns me is is the number of first-time guests who, who come through our doors on Sunday mornings. And this has kind of been an ongoing issue that we've been working with. Our our retention rate for first-time guests hovers around 39%, which is very good. That's that's far above average, but I'm still aiming for 50%. So we need to continue to to work on our hospitality. Jonathan Coleman is coordinating these events and these efforts. So if you want to be a part of our hospitality ministry, I know he would love to hear from you. So what are our plans for this year? I'm going to share those in a minute. But there is one big unknown factor uh, that is coming up very soon. Uh, Next month, our denomination is having a specially called general conference in St. Louis. Going to try to resolve a a schism that has occurred. And while the presenting issue is over human sexuality, it is actually much deeper than that. It is a debate that we've had since uh, the denomination began in 1968. Actually, it goes all the way back to the end of the 19th century when the world was dealing with the after-effects of, of rationalism. Uh, rationalism led to skepticism and materialism and then Marxism and Darwinism. And we found that these isms were beginning to eat away at the roots of faith as the church began a debate uh, over the authority of Scripture. Now folks, there's nothing wrong with debates. I enjoy them as much as, as anyone But the problem is, is that we never settled the debate. Instead, we just started going two very different uh, directions. And it happened not just among Methodists, but it's happened in every mainline Protestant denomination. So there are three plans that are up for debate, and I have written about them in the uh, winter uh, issue of The Link. Uh, All three of them have very serious issues And I am skeptical, frankly, that any of them will be able to save the United Methodist Church. But once General Conference um, has made their decision, uh, our church council will consider the options and then bring a recommendation to you, our congregation. But let me assure you that whatever happens, uh, this church, Henderson Hills, will still be here. Uh, We've been here for 200 years and we have no intention on going any place. and I know that we're going to be here another 200 years, or at least until the Lord tarries. And I can promise you that our core values and our core beliefs uh, will not change. So, what are our plans for this year? Our overall objective is to help people to find Jesus and grow in their faith. And we're taking our clue from Paul's letter to Colossians, chapter 1, verse 28, that says, that he that is Jesus is the one that we proclaim admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ so your spiritual growth and your relationship with Christ is our number one objective this year and we have three goals that we believe will help us to get there and the first one is this is to help people connect with Jesus and make a profession of faith. You see, this is the gospel message that Christ entrusted uh, to us, and it's our first priority. Now, there's a couple ways we're going to do that this year. Uh, We want to be able to identify and train our members who are gifted in evangelism and how to have simple, everyday spiritual conversations. The last two years, we've trained some 50 people, and we hope to train 20 people this year. And to do that, Jonathan uh, Coleman will be offering A four-week Sunday morning class called Everyday Evangelism. That will be starting in February. And you can sign up if you're interested. That's our first goal. Our second goal is to increase our worship attendance. Now, this is not so that we can be a big church. Uh, You see, so we can disciple people. You cannot uh, disciple an empty pew. And the main way that people come into the church is still Sunday morning worship. And so the best way to do that is is simply to create a a culture uh, of invitation. And so we're going to devote some time to that this year. Uh, Some of you are already doing it. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I was at my gym uh, uh, trying to get back in shape. And, uh, and there were two young men there, and the one was inviting his friend to come to church. And I got to overhear the whole conversation. I was so, so proud of this young man for doing that. And I kept praying that this other guy would say yes, you know, and, and want to be a part of a, of, a, of, a, of a Christian community. It was pretty cool, actually, just watching this whole thing take place. But here's what I've discovered. That the more you love and enjoy your church, the more you're going to want to invite other people. You know, sometimes the church uses duty or sometimes, you know, we use guilt. But that only goes so far. And so we, we just need to keep working to make this a, a great place to belong to. And that when you invite your friends to church, that we want to make sure they have a great experience and there's an opportunity for each and every one of them to, to move closer to Christ every Sunday. And so that's our strategy. It's very simple, not complex. Simply invite them. And then give them an opportunity to offer them Christ. And then once they come, we want to be able to connect them with a small group of people right away. You see, our our small groups are so critical to spiritual growth because that's really where new people can begin to connect and and grow in their faith. And so we want to create more groups this coming year. And three of our staff, Amy and and Pam and Sharon, they are spearheading spearheading a small group leader training which is called CORE, C-O-R-E. And it's going to be great. You see, we consider our small group leaders really to be, to be shepherds, to be pastors, uh, helping us to care for our members' spiritual growth. And if that interests you, if you think that maybe God is calling you to, uh, to help lead small groups, we would love to hear from you. But the truth is we're not going to wait until people come. Uh, read the book of Acts. They didn't wait for people to, to come to their building. They went out to where the people were. And we're going to be doing the same thing. And so we're going to start three new, fresh expressions, what we call micro churches, in this coming year. Three new ones. And then our third goal, we're calling Fan the Flames. Fan the Flames. You see, we think that God is up to something here at Anderson Hills. And we want to be ready for that. Now, the thing about God is you can't control Him. You know, God kind of does His own thing. Now I, I, you know, how many control freaks do we have here today? <laughs> okay, you know who you are. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but you know I'm one. You know I love to control everybody else's life if I could. The thing about God is you can't. And so that we just need to get ourselves ready. We just need to be listening to God. We need to be ready to be obedient to Him. We need to remember that God is in charge. So we have to wait for His direction. But I do think there are some things that we can do to provide an environment where where God can work. And you know what those things are. It's about prayer. It's about fasting. It's about repentance. It's about unity. It's most certainly about love. And, of course, obedience to God's Word. And and to do that, you have to know God's Word, and we want to help you do that. And so uh, one of the ways we're going to do that is is in September we're starting a church-wide study through the entire Bible. Starting in September, we're going to start with Genesis and we're going to go all the way through Revelation together as a church. You see, every time we do a church-wide study like we did the Romans one this past fall and then Joshua earlier, we find that people's spiritual growth index just goes off the charts. People grow like crazy. And doing these things, we believe, will help fan the flames of a great spiritual awakening that we believe is going to come to this church and... To this community. So, how do we get ready? How do we get ourselves ready for that? Well, we have this thing here called the six habits. <laughs> and these six habits are ancient Christian practices that have been helping Christians to grow for 2,000 years. Today, or here at our church, we call them the six habits. And so I'm going to take just a few moments and describe those to you. At the end, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sign this year's uh, six habit card. And the first one is this. Spend time daily with God. You see, we, we find that that can catapult you into spiritual growth. That, that spending time daily with God is the central avenue that God uses to change us. That is the heart of your relationship with God. And that prayer is in fact is the main business of the Christian's life. So how do you get started if you haven't already? I think for most of us it's having a time and a place where every day, you know, we have some time to to to, to be with God. So it becomes a routine. Now, I like to do mine first thing in the morning. Maybe for you it's noon. Maybe for you it's before you go to bed. But, but find a time and a place where you can just devote that time to listening to God. It takes me about 30 to, to 45 minutes. Sometimes it's longer. Sometimes it's shorter. Don't start off really big. Don't start off saying, this year I'm going to pray for two hours straight. You know? don't, don't do that. You know, start off small, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then begin to build up. Uh, I began my morning by reading my Bible. So get a Bible reading plan. Get something systematic. The church has one that goes along with our uh, sermons. Uh, I, I love the YouVersion Bible app. There's tons of, of readings. You can download, download that into your smartphone. In fact, I've recruited my, my whole family to join me this year. We're going to read through the whole Bible using the YouVersion Bible app. So I hope that you'll do the same. And then, I just try to listen to God. What's God saying to me? What does God want to guide me for the day? And then I spend time in intercession for all the people who have asked me to pray for them. And I have a short memory, and so I have a prayer journal where I, I write all of those prayer requests down. And I pray for those. And when God answers those prayers, I get to check them off. And then I get to go back and, and see all the prayers that God has, has answered during the past year. And then before I retire for the night, I, I spend another five or ten minutes just Thanking God, spending time in self-examination, and and then getting ready for the the next day. Daily time with God. Second habit is this. Cultivate a generous heart. You see, generosity is compassion in action. It is passing on to others what God has done for us. And So when we help others experience a piece of, of what we've experienced in Christ, That's what the gospel does. The gospel takes men and women who are takers, and it turns them into givers. So generosity is essential for our spiritual growth. For Melinda and me, there are several ways that that we practice that. First of all, we practice the tithe, which means 10% of our income goes to the work of the church. And then we try to um, support other ministries above and, and beyond that. And then we try to be generous with our time, and we try to be generous with our talent. We try to practice generosity each and every day. The third habit is participating in a small group. Now, I've already talked a little bit about that, but I want to simply tell you this, that God did not design us to live solitary lives. The truth is we need each other for support. And there's no way that I could ever have gotten where I am today in my spiritual life without the help of other people investing into my life and, and trying to hold me accountable we are meant to live in relationship with each other. And I can tell you that my wife and I have been part of a small group since our college days. That's how we grow. And when someone comes to faith in Christ here, the first thing we want them to do is, is to get into a group and to get the support and encouragement of others. I wouldn't ever try to get through life without a group of people to support and encourage me. And then, number four, is to share your faith. The fourth habit, share your faith. You see, God has designed us so that when we share our faith with others, that we grow in our faith. And the church exists for that very purpose, to to reach out beyond its walls and, and to invite all people to communicate God's word to the world. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says that we are ambassadors of Christ, and so our mission is to share Jesus. I don't know of a more significant cause to give one's life to. And if you want to learn how to do this more effectively, Ben Williams, we have invited him to come back January 26th. He's going to lead us in a weekend workshop on, on how to have those kinds of conversations. Fifth habit is serving in a ministry. You see, when I serve others, I'm serving God. Jesus said in Matthew 25 that whatever we did for the least of these, we have done it. For him, Discover your gifts, folks. Discover your talents. And then start using them to invest in the lives of other people. And then lastly, worship. Worship regularly. See, worship is the very heart of the church's life. That's why you and I were created to worship and to give praise to God. So how are you doing with that? The average member here attends 1.7 times a month. Let me ask you, how much continuity do you think we get with that kind of track record? What do you think would happen if if you made a commitment to begin attending every Sunday when it's possible? Think what that might do for your spiritual life. Well, those are the six habits of, of Anderson Hills. See, we've discovered that effective Christians commit themselves to these habits that help them to go deeper with Christ. And so I want to end with a challenge I'm going to ask you to practice these six habits for the next 365 days. Now, folks, this is, this is not if, if you sign this card that you have to do all six of these every single day or you're going to hell, okay? If you think that's what it's all about, you're wrong. Yeah. This, is, this is about, you know, uh, about trying something with God's help, you know. It's all God. It's all God's grace that helps us to do this. But if this is something that you'd like to try, we want to invite you to sign it. So does everybody have a six-habit card? If you don't, raise up your hand, and one of our ushers will bring one to you. And here's how you do it. It's real simple. At the top, it says I, comma, there's a blank space. Would you print your name in that space right now? Print your name there, uh, and, and don't write it unless you have really good handwriting. Some of you folks have, a tri- have, have atrocious handwriting, and we have... We have no idea who it belongs to. So print it out or write it so we can read it. At the blank line, the bottom, leave that blank. I'm going to read each one of these. I'm going to sign my name on it personally. We're going to laminate it, and then we're going to mail it back to you. I'm going to be praying for each and every one of you that signs for one of these, signs for one of these cards. And then, once you've done that, if you want to do that uh, today, as you leave, uh, our ushers will be in the back, and they will collect those cards, and then we'll go ahead and mail those back to you. If you'd like to take your spiritual life to the next level, and and be a part of what God is doing here, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. You're going to find it up on the screen. Uh, This prayer uh, was um, written by our founder, uh, John Wesley, and Methodist have been praying this the very first Sunday of the year since 1755. Folks, that's that's a few years, okay? I wasn't even born uh, back then. And those of us who pray it, we are making a commitment uh, to follow God uh, wherever He wants to lead us. It says that however God wants to use me, I'm willing to be used. And if that's your heart this morning, then I invite you to pray this with me. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt, rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to Thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Thou art mine, and I am Thine. So be it, and the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.